happy whatever day it is for you and welcome to another installment of my haunted life podcast with me your host Angela Hartshorn. Are you ready for this week to be over? How about this month? I think it's about time for the whole year to be over personally except for October. We can just skip to October please. I'm going to be doing an extra special episode throughout October on Mondays where I read personal experiences sent to me by the listeners. I have a few already, but I need more, especially since some of those have now become full episodes because they were just too good not to be. They can be short, they can be long, they could be your grandmother's story, your best friend's, Really, whoever. If you have multiple ones, I can't decide which to send in. Send in all of them. If it's spooky, I want to hear it. So think about it and get back to me, please. You can email me at myhauntedlifepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. And now let's get on with the rest of the show. This week I will be discussing a location that I have had multiple weird encounters at and is actually the place that ruined dolls for me, which we will go into. So grab yourself a cup of tea, make sure the doors are locked and the sage is close by. I have a story to tell you. is nestled at the foothills near Pike National Forest, right below Pikes Peak, and is quite possibly one of the most beautiful buildings I have ever seen. The architecture in that part of Manitou Springs, Colorado, ranges from converted tuberculosis huts, to cute cottages, to even grander Victorian homes. But Miramont Castle stands out. For one, it's a castle. Its name apparently means, look at that mountain. It's huge, even compared to the houses around it. It might not be a castle in the traditional sense with a moat and a drawbridge, but Marymount has enclosed round porches that look almost like towers. It has two foot thick walls made from hand cut native green sandstone to help it look like a fortress, even though it's red in color. It even has parapets on top. Then there are the parts of the house that look incredibly Victorian with big stained glass windows and cute peaked roofs. It's a little bit of a mix including Byzantine and Tudor styles, but it works. Apparently in 1979, Marymount Castle was added to the National Registry of Historic Places because of its historic value and unique variety of architecture. 
Construction of the house started in 1895. It was overseen by Father Jean Baptiste Friendcolin, who lived there with his widowed mother for a time. The Colorado Springs Journal reported progress on the construction and its issues through the spring and summer of 1896. In November, proclaiming it to be one of the handsomest and most artistic buildings in Colorado. At the completion of the construction, it had indoor plumbing and electricity, which was still a fairly new concept at that time. Also in the castle were the Sisters of Mercy, who operated Mount Calm Sanitarium out of the castle. This was the height of the tuberculosis outbreak in the area, and the castle was part sanitarium from its opening until 1928. Father Fran Collin took care of the religious needs of the local area, but from accounts from the time, he was not particularly well-liked. There were stories of him also not getting along with the Mother Superior as well, and this is where the legends of Marymount Castle really start. I know I usually tell you the paranormal history in this segment, but it's really too good of a story not to share with my guest, my dear friend Colleen. We are going to discuss our own experiences in the castle as well after a word from our sponsors. one of my dearest oldest fr- god how long have we known each other now i think since like 2012 it's like eight years god damn i know that that like snuck up on us really quick <laughs> <I know. laughs> so i'm here with my friend colleen and who is a video game designer and producer in california I would like to point out a female video game designer hired basically right out of college is a really big deal, and we should totally acknowledge that because I'm so proud of you. Thanks. Uh, though the climate and her disposition may be sunny, she has a fascination with dark history and hauntings that bring it back to life. So... I totally wish you would have gotten more into this when you were here, but that's okay. Um, going back over things, we met because you were actually modeling for me at yeah. one point. Yeah. And that's why we went to Miramont together. Exactly. So that totally <laughs> leads into our story. Poor... Poor Colleen has done this literally for eight years, if it's actually been that long. I can't believe it's been that long. Um, And has been dragged into some weird fucking places with me. 
<laughs> oh man. I I'm trying to think of the strangest and I'm drawing a blank because there's been some really strange places but they were all very charming at the same time. <laughs> I feel like that's fair. I'm like I just realized I think most of the places we've shot are technically haunted in some way. Yeah. Yeah, they like there's been a lot of like old uh buildings um even if they were like n- even if they had new life inside of them, they definitely felt old. Um, yeah. But Miramont was definitely always one of my favorite places to shoot at. Um, partially because we would always get really strange looks from the people who were there, like, <laughs> just walking around like normal. And also partially because uh, it's just such a pretty place, too. It's like, you know... Colorado Springs Castle, or Manatee Springs Castle. I mean, yeah. it it is absolutely gorgeous. I, I love mm-hmm. it. One um, one of the few things that makes me very sad about it is they don't like really going into the paranormal history of the place. They want to be very much known for the history. So a lot of the stories I have today, I can't cite sources because <laughs> they mm. don't want to be named. Oh, no. So, that that's kind of weird. I swear I'm not making this shit up. Yeah, no, I, I believe you because I know that <laughs> you... Uh, I know how into history, um, like, your mom is, and I know she's yeah. got connections, so... <laughs> I have no doubt that it's not made up and that your sources just want to remain anonymous. (laughs) Ironically, my sources are the one, the same sources are the ones that we, I used to get us in there to shoot, too, so it works out really well. Yeah, because, um, yeah, that, I knew for a fact, like, that was a very, uh, behind the scenes, like, we're allowing you to do this because, like, we work here and we run the place because I was allowed to change in a servant bathroom. Yes. Um, that was off limits to the public. And that is where my spooky encounter happened. <laughs> I'm so excited. Cause I can't, I want to say I remember this happening somewhat. Cause I remember yeah. you being, well, we'll go into it. Yeah, so, um, what happened was, um, I was changing outfits, and I, I, I want to say that this was, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was just you and me there. I think this was the Uh, first shoot we did, like, it was, I think, I don't even think Jordan was there, I think it was just us. It, it was definitely just you and me, um, but I want to say that, like, there was definitely multiple outfits that day. Mm-hmm. It might have been, um, it wasn't the emergency shoot. I think it was after that, because, you know, when I got, when I had to wear, like, eight outfits in one day, it was 
definitely after that because we had an assistant with the emergency shoot. Um, this was like this might have been emergency when you had. Yeah, I remember um, I had like eight outfits one day. Miramont Castle, like no one else could make it. Um, I don't remember so it being an emergency, but I remember the shoot. Yeah, I think it was an emergency just because everyone else canceled. I mean, um, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm, I just know it was only you and me. No one else was there. There was no assistant. Um, and we were allowed, like, behind the scenes. And it was near that tea party room. Mm-hmm, the tea room, yeah. In, yeah, it was near the tea room. And we were allowed to use, like, a servant bathroom to, like, change. And because, like, we could keep clothes there while we were shooting because no one else was allowed in there. Mm-hmm. And I was in there changing outfits. And um, I remember I was, like, squeezing into something or out of something. It was, like, either a corset or, like, a... Uh, a jacket that I was like, you know, doing this at the top with like the buttons and you were outside, um, you're outside the door and I heard like a really soft knocking and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying Angela, like I'm coming. And then I heard it like again. And then I, I like looked over because the servant bathroom connects to the servant hallway, Mm -hmm. which we were told to not go in because they're like unsafe. Yeah. No, it's. And I just kept hearing the knocking really softly from the door that leads into the servant hallway, and I was like, Angela, Angela. Angela, and I just started, like, yelling your name over and over, and I, I, like, backed up against the door that was, like, towards the castle part, and I was, like, pounding on that door, like, Angela, are you out there? Angela, Angela, (laughs) Angela, Angela, and then you were, like, what? And I was, like, can you come in here with me? Because I was half naked, like, I couldn't leave. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because I would I'd be like tits out <laughs> and <laughs> and oh then you opened the door like I made like I unlocked it you opened the door and you came in there and, I, and you're like what I was like I just heard something really weird <laughs> yeah I remember that and I because after you mentioned that you had an experience at Miramar I was like shit I totally remember that now because <laughs> I, if I remember correctly, I was talking to uh, one one of the ladies that worked there, the one that I know who allowed us in there, because it was right about closing time, and they kept it, like, 15 minutes for us to just hurry up and go. Mm-hmm. And that's why I didn't get back to you immediately, because I was like, oh, she just is stuck, I'll help her in a second. And then it was one of those, it was like, was there a bee? What? Like, <laughs> I remember it being something weird, but we really didn't discuss it at the time. Yeah. And I don't no, remember I, why. I I think I was just, 
think it was because I was really like, I was trying to find a logical explanation. I was like, maybe there was something like, maybe there was people scuffling above me or like, maybe there was like, you know, we're next to the tea room. Like maybe it was a sound they carried. Maybe it was this like, and I was just like, she's in here. The sound stopped. Everything's fine. I'm just going to get dressed. I heard a weird noise. It's cool. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that sounds right. That sounds like us in particular, too. I mean, you weren't fully into paranormal stuff just yet. Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was very focused on school at the time. Yeah. Because that was the same time when you started modeling for me and us going to the underground for shows. And you were so young, you couldn't drink, and you sat in the corner and did your homework in between sets. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, and and I got hit on, and I was like, I'm just gonna do my homework. Yes. Sorry. (laughs) I think that's how you and Jordan became friends, because he would make sure nobody (laughs) messed with you while you did your homework. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah, I'm so great. No, keep going. Oh, um, I just, I just also remember, like, in the, uh, in the chapel, I always got really weird vibes, and in the doll room, I was just like, I don't want to be here, I hate this place, like, it's, it makes me feel weird, like, it feels like something's watching me. You're giving (laughs) me goosebumps. Uh, one of the classic things, people hear the knocking that's actually been reported, I have a photographer friend, I didn't get his permission to like specifically uh, tell his stories. I'm not going to say his name, but um, he used to work at the tea room for a little bit and the knocking on the servant store is normal. It's regularly occurring. Um, Yeah. Uh, He also would talk about getting scratches and I'm like, scratches aren't a good thing. And he's like, eh. That being said, definitely don't <laughs> think all the ghosts at Marymount are uh, nice. And again, a lot of um, uh, footsteps. Uh, when people have been allowed to take photos at night kind of thing, there are orbs. But, mm-hmm. you know, an orb in a... 150-year-old Victorian castle. Cool, but not not overly impressive. Door slamming is another one. I've heard those. It's really creepy, but it's one of those drafty old castle. Eh. Um, an old... I'm going through the list now. An old uh, housekeeper once heard singing in the tea room. And I've never gotten too many creepy vibes from the tea room. Yeah, no. I, I've only been adjacent to the tea room, but, like, that that area has been more... Like, the garden, I've only gotten, like... Mm. Like... It's, it's been, like, around the garden and the tea room, it's been very, like, peaceful. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. No, definitely. It's 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 very chill. It's a house that's been around mm-hmm. forever. Um, yeah, it has. It's had families. 
Uh, one thing that I found very interesting, and I know this happens in other places, but I've heard of this type of experience happening so many freaking times in Manitou in particular. And I've even had one of these in our old apartment. Uh, but somebody who was visiting the castle, uh, on her phone started having gospel music play. And it wasn't connected to the internet or iTunes. She doesn't have any gospel music on it. And it just would play. And it creeped everybody the hell out. Yeah. And That's weird. Yeah. And I know of... Um, uh, I don't know if they would want me to say that they're haunted, so I'm not going to right now. But um, where I used to work, um, they had... Uh, an experience in the basement the owner's daughter did when she was staying down there and a gentleman had passed away and then when she was staying down there one day her phone turned on with this music took off she was like I'm done she doesn't even remember what the song was which was really sad yeah but it's a thing like, when I had it happen, it was in the old apartment, and it was 3 a.m., which is never a good time for hauntings. Or I guess technically it's, like, the best time for hauntings. But, um, at full volume, Bad Romance started playing. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Scared the shit out of me and Biggs, let me tell you. But yeah, it just, it seems to happen a lot in Manitou. I've heard so many stories like that. Um, do, do, do. Uh, one of the stories that always used to drive me, that I only found out this story a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is from uh, the woman I grew up reenacting with, and we used to do events in the castle, we did Victorian Christmas, we did all of it. Um, ever since I was little, I would ask her, okay, tell me a ghost story. There's something here. No, you know, just blow me off kind of thing. There's nothing here. Yeah. It's not haunted. I'm like, I know it's freaking haunted. Just tell me. <laughs> and I was there uh, doing the whole tea room thing with my friend Izzy and ran into this woman, who I adore greatly, um, and just randomly was like, oh yeah, did I ever tell you about the little girl ghost? I went, the what? Like, even since, even when I was doing Emma for, uh, the, the wake, up until then she would deny stories. Oh my gosh. So this just, it just kind of was like, wait, what? You, you have literally lied to me my entire age, my entire life. Please tell me everything. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, this woman, she's very no nonsense, very sweet. Um, and (laughs) she said she was closing up the gift room one time 
and where some of the dolls got put. Oh. Yep. <laughs> and she saw, like, a little girl, you know, full nice costume, which isn't a big deal around there because lots of little girls come all dressed up to do the tea room and everything. And, uh, just saw her walk down the hall toward the dolls. And she's like, oh crap, we're closing. There's a lone child. So, you know, went to tell her, uh, you need to leave. And she heard a voice, a little girl voice. I can't remember. I think that's why she looked up. And, but when she went down the hall, nothing. And there's no exit over there. Uh. Right. Uh. Yes, I, I, no, no thank you. But yeah, she was just like, huh. You know, searched the whole thing thinking, oh my god, there's a lost child in the castle. Thought it was weird she didn't run into any parents or grandparents or anything. And just never found this little girl. And it was so, like, real of an apparition, she did not question that there was a child in the attic in the gift room with her. Damn. Right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That... Yeah. That's gonna be a big ol' yikes for me, dog. <laughs> right? And so we've already kind of sort of mentioned the doll room. The doll room mm -hmm. doesn't really exist anymore. Thank God. It was terrifying. Yeah. Um, it's now a firefighter museum, which is very nice. I highly recommend you go see it if you're local. And I don't know if they're actually opening and letting people in with the virus, so maybe ignore this entire part. But mm. um, uh, it's in the basement of the castle, and if I remember correctly, it was a donation to the castle, like somebody's mother passed away and she had all these collections of dolls. And we could be here for five million years discussing haunted dolls. We should probably do that at some point, because that would be fun as hell. That would be fun. And, um... It was really kind of cool. I, I don't remember if this was still set up when you were there, so correct me if you remember this, but they were like, it was almost like a full townscape. It was, yep. Okay. And think, it always reminded me of like the beginning of Beetlejuice with all the little models, the flyovers, and it wasn't really like Manitou or anything in particular, but it's lots of little houses. And cars yeah. and little dolls. Nothing moved. Nothing was animatronic. It was all basically diagrams. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, it was, it was Victorian Christmas. And I was getting to that age of being too old for any of this kind of thing. And, you know, being full of ennui and angst. And I don't want to be a part of this. So I was wandering the castle alone in costume. And ended up in the doll room. And just like, and it was cool because everything lit from inside. Like all the houses 
lit, mm -hmm. which was kind of cool. And all the little street lights turned on and everything. And then you would start seeing things move. Oh, like, no. There would be, like, full shadows, like, running down the street, and you would turn, and there's nothing. And then, um, I'm like, okay, I am, I watch way too many paranormal shows. I am, I'm just losing, I'm, I'm being weird. I'm corner on my eye kind of thing. And the thing that got me the most, and this is why I can't do dolls. Again, all, everything is static. Nothing moves. Yeah. There was one of the aisles I walked down. Because you could walk down the aisles that surrounded everything. So you could get 360 view of everything. Yeah. I walked down one aisle. And, all, you know, all the little dolls are looking in different directions and living their little mm -hmm. doll life. I got to the end of this aisle and all the fucking doll faces had turned and were looking at me. No thanks. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I haven't been able to do doll sense and everything is under glass. So it's not like yeah. it's not like anybody's sneaking in and fucking with me. Yeah. No. It, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, and since then, can't do dolls. I just, I just can't. They are, nope. And like, any of the ones I had from my grandmother went into a box as soon as I got home that night and got put in the closet never to be seen again. Oh, gosh. Because it was one of those, I hurry up and got the hell out. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. Uh. Mm -mm. I I visited Miramont when I was like, oh gosh, I was in like eighth grade because I have this photo of me with like these uh, red and blonde highlights in my hair and oh my like God. this like yeah, it was like a it was like a short in the back, longer in the front kind of dealio, and I was so nineties. It was my golf phase, like, my emo <laughs> golf phase. And oh, I know these, I was, that haircut. I remember these yeah, pictures. Yeah, and I, ha I had, like, an actual digital camera in my hand taking a photo of myself in the mirror instead of a cell phone because it was, like, you know, 2003 or 2004. Oh, my God. And, um, and I remember when I was visiting, like, the doll room was definitely there when I visited back then. I don't know if it was there when I visit when I went with you when I was much older, but like, um but when I was visiting back then in like late middle school, um we went during a time that was like it wasn't busy busy, but it was also like not dead quiet like when I've been with you. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was some other people in the doll room already there when we were there. And I just remember feeling like, even with those other people in the room, like with uh, my aunt there and with my mom there and with like one or two other random bystanders in there, I still felt like it feels like there's things watching me and it still felt weirdly still, <laughs> like too still. Yes. And I was like, 
I hate being in here. I don't <laughs> like being in here. And if I was here by myself, I would have already run out of the room. <laughs> and I don't like this at all. <laughs> it was so weird. No, there is there is some weird, not friendly energy in that The place. chapel gives me that vibe. Like, whenever I go into the chapel in Miramont, I'm like, why do I get this just horrible feel? Like, I get the worst feeling in the chapel. Uh, I feel You're like... You're smiling. Yes, I am. Uh, I feel like that totally goes into the legend now, which I cannot believe I've never told you, um, of Miramont. And some of this is documented. And um, I'll go into that. So, uh, totally interesting, um, which I did not know, but I discovered this real quick, and I'm just going to mention it for the dark history part. Um, the land that Miramont is on once belonged to Colonel John Shivington, uh, who, if you're not from Colorado, you might not have any idea who that is, but uh, he's the one that was in command of the Sand Creek Massacre. Oh. Yeah. Mm. It's actually also known as the Shivington Massacre after him. What, what a name. Right? Uh, it was the 3rd Colorado Calvary went in and attacked and basically just full-on destroyed a village of Cheyenne and Arapaho Native Americans in the area. And they believe it was... Be it's really weird because, you know, it's Colorado history and it's Native American history, so the numbers are skewed. Uh, they believe there was between 70 and 500 Native Americans killed. And two-thirds... two-thirds quite of, a margin. Yeah, I know. I'm like, good, good job, history. This is Wikipedia. I'm going to throw that out there. I just looked it up real quick. Um, yeah. But the big thing was uh, two-thirds of which were, like, women and children... Jesus and like Christ. the rest were like old men because oh all God. of the um warriors were out fighting kind of thing. Yeah. So that's where we start off this story, which I didn't know he owned that. I thought that was interesting and I feel like that's a very important footnote to add in there. You know, I I need to look up where that happened specifically because I live next to a Sand Creek and also, you know, the name of my high school. Oh, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I need to look up where that is because I don't know why those things are named what they are. I think it's just a coincidence or not. I mean, it could be the same creek, but I don't want to know. <laughs> um, so I thought that was interesting to add in. Not, not, it's not going to be in the rest of the history because I don't feel like it's important enough, but it's important enough to mention because yeah. I feel like it needs to be mentioned. Because this guy's an asshole. Exactly. 
Um, so originally the house was built in 1895 and it went, uh, it was built for a gentleman named Father Friend Colin. I can't remember his first name at the moment. And him and his mother lived there for the longest time. And, you know, I believe they did mass and, you know, very Catholic. They did mass out of the chapel and that kind of thing. Not really mission work, but kind of, sort of, at the same time. Uh -huh. um, and that's where the, the story gets bad, because most of this is around him. Um, and then the, the Sisters of Mercy came in, while he was still there, to use, um, use it as a sanitarium. It was, I believe, the Mont Oh, Mont yeah, tuberculosis. Uh-huh. And it was a tuberculosis ward, basically, from 1895 to 1928. Wow. So, quite a bit of time for a lot of people coming in and being sick and dying and, you know, it, it never ends well paranormal wise. Um, the story goes, um, that Fra Father Frank Collin was not well liked by locals. And he did not get along with the nuns at all, especially the Mother Superior. Which, you would think, is kind of weird. Um, but he ended up basically getting run out of town and going back to France. Huh. This is documented. This is the part where it starts getting speculative. People believe the reason he was run out of town was because he was molesting children. Right? And um, the Mother Superior found out about it. And basically tried to get him out of there. So that's why I ended up going to France. And this is where it starts getting documented again. It's never really hinted. It's kind of hinted at what happened. But it's like indiscretion. The Mother Superior had diaries. And I believe these are in the castle still um, about all of this. She, daily diary kind of person. And she wrote all the nonsense about this guy. And it doesn't really say pedophile priest, but indiscretion, he's hard to work with, that kind of thing. And I have not seen this, but I have this on good authority from the women that work there who have gone through the archives that there is a diary entry from the Mother Superior basically cursing Father Fran Collin and wishing him very ill. Whoa. Not too long after that, he was killed, I believe, in an like, early automobile accident. But don't quote me on that part. Uh, 
where he is actually beheaded, totally decapitated <gasps> in the accident. What the fuck? And there's like a, I guess the next diary entry from the Mother Superior is just kind of like, good. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't say that exactly, but it's that old lady shade kind of thing. And I've heard it's pretty good. And then, um, so that, that's where a lot of the creepiness comes from. Um, also there's a, uh, story about a nun who committed, committed suicide, I believe on the second floor in one of the doorways she hung herself um, because she had become pregnant now it does I think I remember that one specifically I didn't know any of the stuff about the father or the, okay. the mother superior uh, I vaguely remember the nun okay yeah, the nun is, um, there, I believe they actually have documented proof she did die on the property. Uh, whether or not she was actually pregnant is speculation. Growing up and doing reenactment stuff in there, we had a family friend that would tell me, uh, probably way too young, um, this story of, uh, the nuns basically constantly getting pregnant by the cool father who was young and everybody's too young to be alone at summer camp altogether kind of thing. And when a nun got pregnant, they would bury the babies in the wall. I think that's full legend. But that was always the story I was told. Oh my gosh. As a child. So it was it was never, you know, it was like, thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> oh man. I mean, it would make sense that there wouldn't be documentation for if she did commit suicide mm -hmm. because that was like a sin, like the ultimate sin. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they would probably want to keep that under wraps if she did. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to, you know, look back at something like that and go, oh, yeah, this is the story. How? how yeah. Where? I mean, you can't. But it's kind of an interesting story. I, I think mm -hmm. if I remember correctly, um, uh, there is something. And this could just be part of the legend as well, but I could be wrong. It could, but I remember there being a story about it being mentioned in the diaries, mm. and it was basically depression. From the mother superior, like the, the uh, from girl? the from the nun. Oh, the girl that killed herself. They they yeah. think it was depression. Um. But I I thought those were interesting, and there's always something. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, the, the back stairway, the servant's stairway, mm -hmm. which we're never allowed down, and I'm okay with that, because it's the creepiest, creepiest place. 
a few years ago they had uh, ghost hunters go through, and they did they hit like a bunch of spots in mm-hmm. town, and uh, apparently got a very scary EVP about uh, a spirit in a very dark, scary voice saying, "Get out." Which I'm like, mm. that that makes sense. But according to yeah. people who did the tour, that same EVP was caught in another location. Ah. So it was more of an entertainment situation. Yeah. But if you're really going to piss off the ghost, that's not the place to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it, it it's one of those definitely creepy locations um you will never ever see it on a ghost show i really hope one day that changes yeah i don't know if you remember this but we have to if you shoot there you have to sign waivers yeah and um so they oh i remember yes so they um i don't think we should tell them why but, um, yeah, no. <laughs> but, um, that way they can approve what is being shot there ahead of time now. Yeah. So, um, they've also changed a lot of rules. If you do any photography or anything, they ask for a donation, um, which is fine. It's a great place to go shoot. Highly recommend. Uh, the gardens are gorgeous. Unless you're Colleen and afraid of bees. They're not that great then. Yeah, that yeah. face. Yeah. Well, it depends on what time of year you go to the garden. But I've been there in autumn. It's not so bad in autumn. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah, I, I highly, if you're ever in the area, I highly recommend you go to the castle. I It's a self-guided tour. And last I knew, um, tickets were only $10 for adults. Um, they give you a nice little piece of paper and you can walk through the castle and that alone is worth it. Um, you could definitely find where the, um, uh, sanitary, sanitarium was cause you could see the big windows, uh, mm-hmm. like in the long hall and, um, in the solarium. That's what I was trying to say. Um, where they would put the beds and everything. Yeah. Um, Didn't UCCS also used to be a sanitarium? Yes. Yeah. And also apparently very haunted. Just saying. Yeah, no. The original part of campus uh, where they have main hall and stuff, real creepy vibes from over there. Oh, yeah. Like, I've also caught, like, weird camera things. I'll have to show you. Yeah, you have to show me. Yeah. We might have to look into this more at another time, because that would be yeah. cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, cool. Uh, I highly recommend. Uh, they do, they do um, they, wow, can't talk all of a sudden. The uh, tea room is usually open. Very cute. Uh, they also, um, I don't know if it's happening this year, but they usually do Emma Crawford's Wake on Halloween weekend. 
Is uh, that the Coffin Races? That, or is that separate? Coffin Races is Saturday. The week is Friday. It's like the kickoff okay. to the weekend. And I'm going to do a whole thing on Emma and the Coffin Races, too. I, I kind of have that to. that story. Right? Yeah. I kind of have to. It's one of my favorite things about uh, Manitou slash Colorado Springs is uh, the freaking Coffin Races. It's right? just so weird and unique. <laughs> it, yeah. We're, we're, we're a special group here. I need to find someone to interview for that one. But, yeah. that That is Maramai Castle. Thank you so much, Colleen, for being on. I greatly appreciate you. Uh, Colleen also just became uh, one of the admin in the uh, My Haunted Pos- Podcast, um, My Haunted Life Podcast uh, Facebook group. So you could definitely get on, say hi. I'll definitely yeah. be posting Join pictures it. from our photo shoot because I think I remember exactly the outfit where shit happened. Oh, yeah? I'm going to send you pictures, and I think I remember which one you were putting on. And we'll post those on the Instagram and in the Facebook page. So, thank you so much, love. Yeah, thank you. It was super fun. A huge thank you to my friend Colleen for being a part of the show today, and a huge thank you to you, the listener. You know who you are. Thank you so much for listening to another installment of My Haunted Life podcast. If you like the show, please rate and review me on your favorite podcast apps. It goes a long way to getting new listeners. I also have a Facebook group that I am on quite regularly and have some wonderful admins, including Colleen. Also, I have a Patreon if you really want to support the show and help me decide on future episodes. And this week, I got my very first patron. Again, my friend Colleen. I love you, babe. I would like to leave you with a friendly reminder that Merrimont Castle is all about the history and not the paranormal. I highly encourage you to go and visit it. It's literally gorgeous and it's now a museum. I would definitely check with Corona times depending on when you're going, but it's definitely worth the trip. I just ask you to please, please, please be respectful. Sources for today's episode are MaremontCastle.org and Wikipedia. You can randomly say something if you would. I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. Eighth. I am. Eighth. I am. (laughs) What?